Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's a great pleasure to welcome today's program, Michael Falls, who's Senior Manager of Operations at Invista. And today we're going to talk about, talk about optimizing your freight spend without negotiation. Now, companies across all industries are uh, you know, really dealing with you know, rising transportation costs. And a key question that many CEOs and CFOs and supply chain executives are asking is, you know, what can we do to better manage and control our freight spend, you know, particularly in this, uh, you know, in this market, in this environment, you know, that we're in? And that's really going to be the kind of the, the, the main question we're going to address in today's episode. And it's, it's great to have Michael on the program to kind of share his insights and advice on, on this topic. So, uh, Michael, welcome to the program. Thanks, Adrian. Appreciate you having me. Uh, so, Michael, you're a first-time guest on Talking Logistics. Uh, like I always like to do when I bring someone new on the program, I'm, I'm always curious how people get involved with supply chain logistics to begin with. So why don't you briefly tell us a little bit about your career path, how and why you got involved with this industry, and what your current role and responsibilities are there at Invista? Sure. So this is my fifth year at Invista. Uh, before coming to Invista, I had some experience in big data analytics and strategic planning, but Invista was really my first foray into supply chain and logistics and transportation. So I started here as a transportation analyst. Uh, after a few years, moved into a role kind of managing that analyst team. And then for the last few years, I've been the senior manager of our client services arm. Um, so client services at Invista Transportation Solutions is a team of coordinators and analysts who provide everything from our general customer service to our carrier and customer configurations. We do training and support for MyShipInfo, which is our reporting and dashboarding tool for transportation spend visibility. Um, our analysts do order match integration and GL coding, custom KPI analysis, uh, our business reviews, uh, and more recently, support for our new business intelligence uh, BI platform. Well, you know, a background in BI and analytics is, uh, you know, cannot be more appropriate in today's in, you know, industry because, I mean, I think that's a hot area in, in transportation management and logistics in general. You know, that, that's becoming kind of the, the centerpiece of a lot of, you know, where uh, shippers are looking to kind of leverage insights from, from the data, right, right. To, to drive continuous improvement and, and try to navigate all the, the, the challenges out there. And, of course, one of the big challenges that they're navigating with right now is, you know, their, their budgets basically uh, getting busted by, you know, rising rates and, you know, fuel surcharges on the rise as well as diesel prices to continue to go up. So, you know, a lot, lot, you know, a lot of challenges on that front. And, you know, when you hear CEOs talking about rising freight costs and, and earnings calls and, and you see the headlines in the Wall Street Journal related to this, I mean, you know that this is a real big, you know, challenge in the industry right now. So, um, you know, what are you hearing from, you know, your clients, from the companies you work with? I mean, what, what kind of questions are you getting from them? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, the most common questions we get are pretty simple. I mean, number one is, hey, my cost per package is rising faster than we expected or faster than we budgeted for. Can you help us understand why? Uh, so that's definitely the most common question we field. Uh, number two, we're being asked, you know, what strategies can we implement to lower our transportation costs? Um, we do strategic carrier sourcing and contract negotiation. We do all of that, but, you know, it's not always time to renegotiate your contract. And so what savings can we gain, um, you know, even outside kind of that cycle? Yeah, that, that, that's a good point. And, and like, like you said, you know, renegotiating contracts is something many shippers and, and carriers do and have done over the past, you know, over the past year to kind of realign, you know, capacity requirements with, you know, the rates in the current market conditions. Um, but, but so let's talk about what else can you do, right? Once you've renegotiated or if it's not the right time to renegotiate again, you know, what, what are some of the things you can do to, um, you know, continuously optimize your, your freight spend? Sure. 
Yeah. So before we even get into that question, I mean, I, I want to go back to something you said at the very beginning, which is, you know, it's the right time to kind of be getting into transportation if you've got a background in big data or business intelligence, because, you know, at the end of the day, customers know that all of this data is out there, right? So, I mean, there's the carrier invoice data, which is what traditional freight audit firms like Invista have access to via the carrier invoices. But now most shippers also have at least one of an order management system, a TMS, a warehouse management system, an ERP, many of them have multiple of these. So the shippers want to know, hey, how can we wrap our hands around all of the data at once and then gain insights that result in cost savings and spend optimization in our transportation space? Um, and that means a lot of things. I mean, it means we want to be able to hold our carriers accountable to billing us correctly. You know, there's the audit piece. We also want to be able to hold our carriers accountable to their service and performance commitment. Uh, as they're billing us correctly and accurately. We want to understand the impact of the fuel and the accessorial costs that you mentioned. Um, we want to evaluate profitability, not only across our business, but also you know, by shipper location, by fulfillment channel. I mean, we'll talk more about this, but direct to consumer versus drop ship versus ship from store, all those different fulfillment channels. Uh, customers want to be able to do it by GL account, uh, by specific brand or product type. So um, there's so many ways that you can use data to drive all of, you know, kind of this conversation today. A lot of times it's really just about internal compliance, right? I mean, I can't tell you how many times we were able to find $100,000 in savings opportunities uh, because somebody in the mailroom was shipping everything across the street using next day early AM um, just because they didn't understand the cost implications. So there's that, there's fraudulent shipping and, and data really drives all that. So I'll get back to the, uh, you know, how, what can we do outside the renegotiating contract cycle? But I wanted to make that point because you're right. I mean, big data uh, drives everything. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's a great point because uh, I, I think that, that that's really a foundation to all of this because a lot of times, a lot of the answers to those questions that you're getting and that I hear from shippers as well is really there in front of them in the data, but except that it's so dispersed across different systems perhaps or they don't have a really a good way to convert that data into insights, right? That can then drive some action. Uh, so part of the challenge is, or the foundation of the first step is really, you know, bringing that data together and putting it in such a format in such a way that's going to be able to, you know, create insights and then to, you know, to drive some, some action. You know, right. one of the things you, you talked about there, which I think I would imagine would be one of those things that would be kind of a first step to control freight spend is a lot of times, like you said, People might be shipping stuff every day, you know, get there by 8 a.m. when it doesn't necessarily have to be there next day by 8 a.m., right? So maybe changing different service levels might be, you know, one way to, you know, save some money. Right. Uh, do, do you see that or other areas from a service level component standpoint, changes that companies can make on, on that dimension? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll talk mostly here about small parcel, um, you know, kind of optimization. And small parcel is essentially a factor of three inputs. Um, you know, there's service level, like you just mentioned. So service level being, is it next day? Is it ground, et cetera? There's the distance that the package is traveling. So in the small, small parcel world, that's what we're referring to as the zone pricing. And then there's the build weight, which at this point also includes the factors of package dimensions. And so the most controllable of these right off the bat is what service level are you using to ship your product to your customers? Um, and there's often significant cost savings opportunity really right underneath your nose. So uh, a few examples of this, right? I mean, I see uh, all the time a shipper is sending um, packages via some sort of express service, maybe a two-day or a three-day, and they're doing it on short-distance packages. So a package that probably would have arrived in two to three days, um, but they're using a more expensive service level to guarantee that commitment when 
you know, if it's a zone two or zone three shipment, so just a couple hundred miles, it, it probably would have arrived in two to three days anyways. Uh, another, um, uh, you know, a kind of element that we just talked about was using the next day service where there's multiple tiers. So there's an early AM, uh, there's, you know, midday arrival, and then there's end of day commitment. And a lot of times shippers are sending non-urgent next day shipments to residences using an early AM service level, right? I mean, they're shipping like a t-shirt uh, next day, early AM, just because, you know, somebody in the warehouse or whoever was manifesting uh, or printing the label chose that. Um, they thought it would be the best option. They didn't realize that it was going to be five or six times more expensive to do that when the person's not going to be home until 5 p.m. anyways. Um, another example would be a shipper is using ground, uh, you know, as a service level, but they don't actually need guaranteed service, right? So that's probably an opportunity to leverage the, the postal service and ship via a smart post or a short post service level. Um, it's still going UPS or FedEx, but it's integrating postal service because it doesn't need a service commitment. And then, uh, and then the last example would just be, you know, you're using FedEx or UPS for 100% of your shipments because that's where your agreements are. But a regional carrier or the postal service could deliver it in the same amount of time. So, I mean, we're seeing more and more shippers expand their profile to include uh, USPS, uh, OnTrack, DICOM, uh, LaserShip, Speedy. Um, you know, you, you can use any of those to kind of expand your shipping profile and, and lower your costs. You just have to be cognizant of how it's impacting your volume tiers with UPS and FedEx based on your agreements and making sure it's not pushing you out of the volume tiers that are offering you the most savings because uh, a lot of time that could have adverse impacts. You know, those, those are all great examples. And I think going back to something you said before, I mean, I think, you know, it kind of points to the need to perhaps, um, you know, the importance of training folks, right, in terms of setting up some, some procedures and, and, and business rules, if you will, so that people understand the cost implications of this decision versus that decision. Yeah. And I think so training and communicating that to anyone who's involved with shipping, I think is important. And I think the other aspect of it is, is perhaps with the TMS or technology, helping to enforce some of those business rules, right? So if you do want to ship it next day by 8 a.m., uh, maybe you can't do that automatically. You have to get some kind of approval or or something like that. And I think that's where I see some TMS or some technology helping to enforce some of those business rules or, or to help manage and control those costs by, you know, not, you know, opening up the floodgates, if you will, really putting some controls in place, uh, you know, via technology, you know, uh, to do that. Right. Um, you know, when you, when you talk about parcel, I mean, another area, obviously for many companies, uh, uh, you know, omni-channel fulfillment is, uh, you know, adding complexity to how they, you know, manage inventory and, 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 and you know, their transportation costs. I mean, are, are there opportunities there for, you know, to better control and manage, you know, freight spend? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you want to get your arms around all of the available fulfillment strategies that you have at your disposal. Um, you know, a lot of shippers that we work with are really barely scratching the surface of a lot of the new opportunities. So um, a lot of the shippers we work with are still using a traditional either ship from an East Coast fulfillment center or a West Coast fulfillment center, or they'll have one of each. Um, and they've got inventory position at each of those but they're not really using a new model like a ship from store model or leveraging dropship where they're shipping straight from the vendor. So, you know, I mentioned that the distance that a package travels is one of those three primary factors that's going to drive your small parcel pricing, um, which is, you know, what's called zoning. So the shipping location plays a huge role in how expensive a shipment is and also how likely it is that a shipment's going to arrive by the time the customer expects it. So inventory positioning is huge here. And if you're shipping cross country, uh, not only is your package expensive because it's higher zone, but also you're likely going to need to pay for a more expensive service level to get it to your customer by the time they expect it. So inventory positioning kind of compounds transportation costs in that way. 
And you know, several buzz phrases around Invista right now are unified commerce, network optimization, um, both of which kind of speak to these ideas, right? Which is what fulfillment strategy is gonna get my customer the shipment as quickly as possible and at the lowest cost, uh, cost possible. Um, but then also, you know, we've developed a unified commerce platform around that inventory positioning piece of the equation and a network strategy practice around the other piece. So um, going down either of those paths are ways to, to really move the needle in a big way. And we're seeing a lot of people ask about that. Um, but if you're just getting started on either that kind of zone piece or the service level piece in terms of, you know, kind of how do we track this and figure out what makes sense for us, you know, to, to kind of give, give away some, some simple KPIs you can put in place. I mean, um, you just want to track your cost per shipment and your cost per pound. And you want to do both of those uh, looking at year over year and then trending over time. Um, you know, we like to do a 15 month profile. It gives you the last year and then it gives you an extra quarter to, to get the, the freshest uh, quarter uh, year over year data possible. Um, and, and again, as always, the more robust the data set, um, the better. So if you can integrate order management uh, system data, you know, order level data or warehouse level data or even GL logic into your analysis, you're going to be able to target those opportunities. And again, all of those things, they kind of work. Um, across both the service level usage and the zone usage. And if you're tracking that over time, you're going to start to see the opportunities for cost savings. You, you know, uh, a lot of what you just said, kind of, I hear a lot from, from companies, particularly from an omni-channel perspective. I mean, they, they, they struggle with that question in terms of, you know, where should we position inventory, right? And how much inventory should we keep at a different locations? And particularly if you've got stores, that, that's another, you know, even a broader part of your network. And then, you know, where should we fulfill this order from, right? And what's, and there's, there's inventory costs uh, that go into that. There's labor costs that go into that in terms of fulfilling. And then obviously the transportation piece as well. And I, I think that's what, where the complexity comes in because you're really trying to balance, you know, th those three things, you know, inventory, labor, and transportation costs. But you really have to understand the transportation cost component to, to really do that analysis, you, you know, effectively. And, and like you said, when you're trying to understand, okay, what is it? you know, the, the, the distance component that factors in when you think about the service level component that factors in, um, you, you know, those are all things that, you know, they're very important. And then thinking more broadly in terms of, Hey, can we actually have, uh, you know, ship this from the store or have our vendors drop ship this, right. And what, how does that, that cost and that impact and service level in, you know, what's the comparison between that versus doing it with, you know, other options. Um, so yeah, it's it's a it's a complex uh, complex equation there. Um, you know, just shifting gears a little bit, I, I I think just thinking about other opportunities where companies can find uh, ways to kind of manage and better optimize their freight spend is I think all of us have received at one point or another some package from Amazon where you know the box is you know ten times bigger than the item you know right. inside and and it's not just Amazon. I think you know so many companies really are just shipping you know a lot of air out there. Um, I mean, are you seeing companies focusing more on, on fixing this problem? And, and, you know, do you see that as another opportunity for uh, freight spend savings? Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that would be the third of the three factors that's really driving um, small parcel pricing. Um, sometimes it's the toughest to nail down uh, because a lot of times the impacts are actually surcharge based and it's, it's harder to incorporate kind of that into analysis. It's harder to project when that's happening or, if, you know, if you're a UPS shipper, the shipping charge corrections. Um, this is where an order match really comes into play. I mean, if you can get order level data, data from your warehouse, data from the ERP, you can really pay div dividends because then you can actually see what products are driving the weight-based costs. Um, so we can see the product weight and the planned shipments by product type against what was actually built. Um, and I think there are really three primary ways that you can save here. 
right? So there's evaluating the packaging to actually reduce the dimensions. So if you are getting dimmed, like a lot of shippers have been because the pricing went into effect faster than they could really change their operational practices. Um, if you're starting to get the, the dimensional weighting impacting your billing, then you, know, you, you wanna evaluate the actual packaging. What size box are we using? And if you can shift that down, even just a little bit, it could be enough to shift the dimensional weighting down to being billed at the actual weight uh, of the package. The second way is you can evaluate your packaging just to reduce the weight in the package. So um, when FedEx, UPS, the other small parcel carriers are billing, frequently they're rounding up to the nearest whole pound when a shipment's billed. So that means that if you have a shipment that's four pounds, one ounce, uh, it's being billed at five pounds. And so if you can just reduce that package by one ounce, you're actually gaining a whole pound savings. So identifying products where you have the opportunity, uh, maybe even just to reduce what's inside the box, um, can, can really you know, go a long way in terms of uh, saving costs. And then finally, uh, just evaluating your manifesting software. So you wanna make sure that your manifesting software is robust enough to factor in dimensional weighting uh, when your shipment is manifested. That way you actually know what the impact is uh, at the time that the label is printed. And, uh, and those are all things that Invista can help with. Yeah, the, the, that, that's great. I, I love the, the rounding up. Um, I mean, I'm gonna try to start rounding up my invoices and see what happens. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm gonna get away with it. That's, that's kind of, I, I wasn't aware of, of, of that uh, uh, practice there, but that's very interesting. I mean, you could, you know, just by reducing it a couple of ounces perhaps and getting you down, uh, you know, avoiding that roundup, you know, right. some significant, uh, you know, money there. Uh, yeah, where, I mean, that's where a lot of the savings is. A lot of times it's just in the rounding and there's uh, there's significant opportunity there. Especially yeah, that, shipping low, uh, low weight packages. Yeah, no, very, very, very interesting. Very insightful. Thank you. Um, you, you know, we're running short on time here. So, I mean, are there any other opportunities, you know, companies should, you know, should look for to optimize their freight spend that we haven't talked about yet? Um, we'll find the low-hanging fruit in accessorials. Uh, we haven't talked much about accessorials, but there will be low-hanging fruit if you're if you're walking through each of kind of those surcharges that you're getting uh, hit with. And I mean, address corrections are a big one. Uh, a lot of times those address corrections, which are those $13 charges every time the carrier has to change the address, um, whether it was because the zip code was incorrect or, um, you know, whatever the factor was. We regularly have uh, shippers with $100,000 quarterly in address corrections. And a lot of times it's the same address as being dinged over and over and over. So if you can make changes in your order software to catch those or put some residential software in place to, to correct in the order system, you know, a lot of times it's just customers putting in the address incorrectly and then you're the one paying for it. So um, that's one. Um, I think second would be talk to your freight audit and payment provider about implementing operational controls reporting, uh, the kickout exceptions, you know, for your team to review. Anytime shipments aren't in compliance with the operational rules you have, that can help eliminate things like fraudulent shipments. Um, and on the same front, you know, talking to your uh, freight payment provider about implementing an order match um, just to make sure you're looking at your data in a way that's specific to your business KPIs and your products. And then lastly, I mean, I, I mentioned regional carriers. You know, if you're on the West Coast, look into OnTrack. If you're in the Northeast, you know, check out DICOM. If you're uh, in the eastern third of the country, check into LaserShip. You may really be able to immediately implement um, a program where you can lower your costs because you're moving pieces of your shipping operation uh, to the regional carriers. And again, I mean, the big call out there before people go saying, hey, Michael Falls told me to go uh, move to a regional carrier is you've got to look at your UPS or FedEx contract and figure out if I move volume away from FedEx or UPS, is that going to change my volume tiers that I've negotiated and I'm not going to be shipping as much. So my rates actually go up and it has an adverse effect. So you've really got to, um, you've got to weigh the cost benefit of that. 
Right. So you really have to take a holistic view and, and really weigh, weigh the, uh, the pros and cons and, and the, the impacts of, of different decisions or strategies that you may you know, want to take. I mean, I know one of the, you mentioned, you know, address correction fee. I mean, that, I've seen that a lot historically as, as adding up over time. The other one is, you know, getting billed for, you know, residential deliveries when they're actually businesses. Right. And, and, and kind of correcting that as well. Um, so there's a lot of things that go into the accessorials that, you know, it may not seem like a lot, you know, but everything counts, you know, when, when, you know, when you're paying the same thing over and over again, over, you know, months and weeks and, and so forth. So I think those are important things where, you know, if you can tighten those things, you can certainly uh, find some savings there. Yeah. Well, well, Michael, I mean, as, as a way to wrap up, I mean, in, in light of everything that we've, we've talked about here, I mean, what, what advice would you give to, you know, transportation executives to, to help them again, navigate through this, you know, challenging transportation environment, where should they start? Yeah. Well, I mean, to go back to what we discussed in terms of the big data component, I mean, the reality is that you have visibility or you can have visibility to everything that we just discussed. So it's kind of intimidating to talk through all these different factors, but the reality is that the visibility is out there. And if you don't have visibility to everything I just described, then you're really missing out on cost savings opportunities. So whether it's partnering with a company like Invista that has, you know, a robust transportation spend management platform with uh, the reports and the business intelligence, or whether it's developing a solution that's, that's homegrown or in-house. I mean, there's really just no excuse at this point not to have visibility to all of the above because the data is out there and it can be aggregated. Not great. Second, oh, I, I think just the last thing would be, you know, ask your freight audit and payment vendor if they can integrate an order match for you, right? Um, because at, at the end of the day, if you're not incorporating the order match to create the most robust data set possible, um, you're really missing out on some of that visibility. And, you know, we're, we're here to help. So shameless plug here, uh, Adrian, I know, I mean, you'll be at our fuel conference, which is our executive uh, transportation summit uh, happening in mid-September. And uh, you'll be a speaker there uh, from the 19th through the 21st. So I'd love to invite anybody to come out and just continue the conversation there. Um, we'll, we'll be talking about everything from supply chain optimization to transportation strategy, like we talked here, unified commerce all of the above. So the fuels are at, uh, or excuse me, the details are at investafuel.com. And, you know, we'd love to continue that conversation there. So appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. And I certainly look forward to the event. I think, uh, you know, I know last year was the inaugural event and I heard some great things about it. And I'm glad I'm, I had the opportunity to participate this year and, and, and speak at the conference. And I look forward to some great learning and, and networking there. And uh, again, I think, you know, just to recap a little bit of what you just said there in terms of the starting point, I think it goes back to what we talked about at the very beginning, right? It really is about having that data uh, in place and that visibility uh, to, um, you know, convert that data into insights that can reveal some of these cost-saving, uh, you know, opportunities and help companies, you know, better manage and optimize their freight spend moving forward here. So, uh, Michael, thank you for taking the time to, you know, be with us today and uh, sharing your thoughts and advice on this topic. Yeah, I appreciate it, Adrian. Thanks. Great. I want to thank those of you that joined us today. Uh, if you're watching this episode on demand, uh, either at the Envista website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Michael, you can post it there. I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you all. and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.